1: Scott here in for Bob Stoffer
2: today, the big man on the plane with the team. They're headed to Detroit ahead of tomorrow's game. 5.30 puck drop on 6.30. Chad, 4 o'clock for your City Ford Face-Off show. Howling here <laughs> just as we're coming out of the news. Cody, I don't know if you've seen uh, yesa Halloween costume. I know the team had their, their thing over the weekend. He actually pulled off a Bison King costume. I love it. He's got Jaffa the dog dressed up. He's got his girlfriend there as like the safari leader. It's it is fantastic. Head to Twitter. I wouldn't usually recommend that for any reason, but head to Twitter and see if you can track down the photo of Yessa the bison king.
1: I still think Perlini's was
2: great. Oh, yeah, dressing up as Zach. I thought that was Cassie. <laughs> Gold. Okay. They like, copped out and made his own costume out of himself. No, no. That was Perlini doing a bang-up job <laughs> of their Halloween costume. Uh, hey, some guests of Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savouring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. As we welcome aboard our NHL Insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year that's how you build a legacy legacy heating and cooling the goal heard around the world at least I hope so NHL insider John Shannon you must have seen Connor mm, sprinkle his fairy dust uh, you know just doing what he does just doing what he does maybe even outdoing himself by his own standards what did you think
0: well very rarely uh, do I get out of my chair at home Brendan and uh, I must admit uh, that that was a get-out-of-your-chair-at-home moment. Uh-huh. And so from from that perspective, uh, I think when, when he, it's funny, when he approached the blue line and you saw the four defenders and you said, there's no way he's going to try this. Uh, you know, if you're you're looking ahead, you're looking towards where the play is going, you're, you're saying there's no way he's going to try it. And then when he starts to do it, you realize there is a chance it's going to happen. And then, to, to, you know, to finish the play on top of that and beat Georgiev, I mean, that that was... An un- I've never seen a one-on-five before. I don't think I have, at least I can't remember, a, a one-on-five and to see him do it. The, the guy the guy that used to be able to come closest, in my mind, in my opinion, uh, was Bobby Orr. Uh, Orr. Orr could go through a team. Hmm but not like that not in that really when you look at it um what was it so there was probably 15 feet by 10 feet in 150 square feet of ice surface he went through four guys before beating the goaltender it's truly phenomenal and when
2: you watch his offseason training regimes and you see the the shiftiness and just you know, even moving the puck a few inches from A to B to get it away from the defender's stick, like, it's it's truly an art form that he's worked on. And to me, his own reaction of, of when he has painted that Picasso, that tells all. And we've seen him a couple times over his career you know, really surprised himself. I don't know that I've ever seen him prouder of something that he's done in the moment than, than that. And just from somebody that's got such a, a historical perspective on the league, I'm thinking back to, you know, somebody for me like Pavel Bure. Okay. Everybody talks about Pavel Bure's speed. Has there ever been a player, John, that that utilizes the the, the shiftiness and, and sort of you know waning in and out of speed, if you will, like there's there's straightaway speed and then there's the ability to effectively use it sort of in a phone booth the way that
0: we saw. Yeah, there there you know there are a couple of people that might no they don't come close but they might be in the same sentence at times. Uh, Mike Madonna was like that and he had great speed. You're right about Pavel Burry. Patrick Kane you know Patrick Kane you know, has the probably a similar style of stick handling but certainly you know the fact that he's what is he five inches shorter than Connor so that means the reach isn't what it, what Connors is and it and the, the, you may assume his mobility is better but Patrick Kane has a little bit of that in him. Uh, it, it was it was truly phenomenal. The other thing, the other thing I had at the uh, in the back of my mind on Friday night was the happiest guy, the happiest guy in North America. Friday night after the goal was Morgan Riley. Yeah. Because now we're not going to play the Morgan Riley goal. <laughs> Because oh, if you recall, the Morgan Riley move yes. was it was phenomenal, and the reaction from Connor was the same was phenomenal. But now we're not going to play the Morgan Riley move anymore. We're going to play the one on five goal, and so <laughs> so somewhere, and Mor- you know, and in in, uh, Morgan was probably at home uh, prepping for the Boston game on Saturday night. He was pro- he's a bit of a hockey fanatic too. He was probably watching, saying, "Oh, thank goodness." People will not be referring to me as the only guy beaten by Conor McDavid now. Well, you couldn't, you, you, didn't, you know, it wasn't
2: going to last forever, right? And, and, and I'm looking at last or the Friday night's game the same way. As this is basically, you know, if you weren't in house, uh, you missed the game on TV, whatever, this is probably the first of, of what we figure to be many special nights with this group in the not so distant future. They are 9 and 1 out of the gate, as we chat with our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling. And I'm curious, John, what about the 9 and 1 start is impressing you the most? of this group is it an individual is it the way that they're winning is it the goaltending what do you think
0: well the goaltending has been a surprise and because I think we got a little worried when Mike Smith went down and 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 I I had been told before the season started that Miko was really focused and Miko was going to be better Um, it's and it's interesting coming off of his preseason interview about how difficult last year was for him that makes a lot of sense I I think it's something that we have hammered home on this show, though, Brendan, and that's the depth. Uh, That's, you you know, the ability, you know, Dave Tippett, even last year in the 56-game schedule, he had two coaching moves, Connor together with Leon, or Connor on his own line, and Leon on his own line. That was it. That's all he had. He had nothing else. Now, all of a sudden... You do have Connor and Leon playing together more at home than on the road. And, and then you have Hyman with Nugent Hopkins and Yamamoto. And then you throw in Cassian, who's really played well, and Warren Fogel, who and, I, and I, the other thing about Fogel is I don't think people realized how big Fogel was until he got to Edmonton. He's a big man. Oh, yeah. with and, and Derek Ryan in there. So all of a sudden what we're talking about is the ability of the coaching staff to make multiple changes not just two and I think that that has the depth of the top nine to me has been a real real uh, positive for this club uh, I, I actually tweeted it out after the Nashville game um, and it was something that, that we always took we, we took, uh, heart, uh, took to heart uh, through last year and that was when the Oilers were winning and Tippett was pressing. Connor and Leon were on the ice. And Connor and Leon were 24, 25, 26. And if they went to overtime, 27 minutes. Both of them. So there they go. They go and play Nashville. They defeat Nashville. And not one forward, not one forward of the 12 is at 20 minutes. Not Leon. Not Connor. I think Leon was 1917 and Connor was 1923, something of that ilk. But that is a giant statement for how this team is playing the game now, and a key to longevity
2: in terms of the performances they're putting out as well. Like they're not going to gas the team out by December, January, February if everybody's playing reasonable minutes.
1: I
0: hope you hope you hope. You know, now if you ch- check the notes on Friday night, the numbers were a little different. <laughs> you know, they got down. So, you you know, pedal to the metal. Connor and Leon play more. Um, but that, to me, that whole concept of being able to and, and, and flex your muscles with nine forwards, maybe 12 forwards on certain days. Uh, you know, Devin Shore is one of those guys that you hope s- stays healthy enough to, to be able to contribute. Um, that, to me, is the biggest difference between uh, this team and and the, te- the previous teams that Tippett has had in Edmonton. Yeah, I think Devin Shore got the four- to
2: six-week timeline on his lower yeah. body injuries, so McLeod up with the team, and we'll we'll see what Jay Woodcroft has thought of, of McLeod's game from down low. Now, John, coming into this, we kind of figured or maybe took for granted that this team would definitely be contending in the Pacific Division, a weaker division. Do they look like Western Conference contenders, or are they creeping into that status in your mind?
0: Oh, I think so. I mean, I, I think that it's a, a conversation that the people in Edmonton can have, in Calgary can have, in Winnipeg can have. Um, you know, let's face it, um, Vegas went and got Jack Eichel because I think in part and parcel uh, because they took a look at what was going on in Edmonton, what's going on in Calgary and their their dire need for a number one center. Uh, you know, they the, the reality is if... Um, and I think the fear would have been in Vegas is that if they don't make some sort of move, they're not getting anywhere out of the division, um, let alone get to the third round. They're, they might get out of the first round if they don't make some changes. So I I, I think that what what we're seeing is, is the jockeying is uh, a reaction to the great start of the Oilers and, and a great start of the Flames. Uh, And and to a lesser extent, a a really positive start for Winnipeg. It would have been really, really interesting to see Eichel. just the storylines,
2: you know, Canada versus USA, McDavid versus Eichel, one versus two from 2015, go down the list, would have been incredible. We'll still get to see the Eichel-McDavid matchup, though the jersey colors won't make it as exciting. But, I mean, for Vegas to land yet another big fish, in terms of where this leaves them cap-wise moving forward, John, I, you know they've they've kind of gone through a couple iterations of what this roster has looked like, and now suddenly they're they're creeping into Maple Leafs territory in terms of the very large dollar valuations tied up mm-hmm. by a handful of players. What do you think of things? What do you think of them being the team that actually acquired uh, the Jack, Ugg- <laughs> Jack Uggle services? <laughs>
0: Well, uh, it, that, it comes right from the top, Brendan. Uh, Bill Foley wants to win. He wants to win now. He wants to win all the time. Uh, he's not afraid to spend to the cap. He also he also understands a market that, um, you know, if they if they don't continue to press uh, with everything that's going on in Vegas, there, there's a chance they may lose the market. There's always a chance in Vegas of a distraction. So the ability of this group to in this group in Foley and, and, and McPhee and McCrimmon to be able to continue to be aggressive is really important. Let's remember, uh, you, you know, everybody's talking about the 10 million uh, and I know they're tight to the cap and we're actually over it right now with everything's going on. But they got rid, rid of seven and a half million dollars last summer with with Marc-Andre Fleury um so, so it wasn't as i mean had they kept flurry i don't think they could have been able to do the eichel deal which is why it was important to get rid of one of the two goaltenders um so from from that perspective um if if you have your your reaction to that fan base is we're going for gold every time pardon the pun we're gold for gold every time what a great place to play and what a great place to be be part of and, and making change and trying to improve your team all the time is the best thing you can have for your fan base and it seems like
2: they've they're comfortable with some of the options coming up through the system i know it's certainly not as bountiful as it once was now that they've gotten rid of the likes of peyton Krebs, but uh yeah
0: well, do they have a first round pick left over from their first four or five years do they have one I don't think that they do, and
2: I was having this conversation off-air. They're almost operating more like a basketball team in the way that they're sort of
0: disregarding draft picks and acquiring, like, right-now talent. Yeah, well, it's if, if you would have told me uh, the day of the expansion draft, uh, five years from now, Jack Eichel, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, <laughs> Alex Petrangelo would all be playing in Vegas, I would have told you we're full of it. I would have told you that there was no chance that those organizations that those guys played for would would dear would, would ever think of giving them up. So, so from that perspective, it's truly amazing what they've done in Vegas. Yeah, shifting the landscape, I would say, in
2: some senses of the NHL. Out east, Toronto—they're they're putting the results up on the board, but they are going to be without uh, one half of their goaltending duo again. Uh, Peter Mrazek reaggravating that groin injury and. I assume that's the exact reason that we haven't seen Mike Smith rush back into action. Is that a serious concern for the Maple Leafs? And, and how much of a detriment could that be? I know Campbell's been playing pretty good lately.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know how much of a concern it is once games get spread out a little bit more. It's, they're a little compacted. They, for instance, they, you know, they played Saturday, they play again tonight against Los Angeles. Uh, but Jack Campbell has been the real deal. I mean, let's face it, I, Jack Campbell, without Jack Campbell, this team would be in worse shape than it was early on. He's been very good, uh, and and has, has certainly done his job. And by the way, they need to try to find a way to sign Jack Campbell this season too. Uh, so another challenge for Kyle Dubas. Um, but you know, when when you can put those top four guys, the forty million dollar club, together. Uh, and start scoring goals, and that's exactly what's happened. Is that Tavares is scoring, Nylander's scoring, Marner four points on Saturday night against Boston, and Austin Matthews with a pair of goals. Um, then they're going to be tough to beat, particularly if you have Jack Campbell doing what he does, what he's done so far in the season. Always appreciate the time, John. Thanks a lot. And we'll uh, we'll chat on Wednesday. Yes, sir. Great to hear from
2: you, Brendan. Great to hear from you. Uh, All right. That is our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling, whether it's heating or...
1: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. Press pause again here on Oilers Now. Come back with Cody Janssen and the James H. Brown injury report and some of your thoughts. 780-496-0063. That was the best Oilers game since blank.
0: David, beautiful move.
1: What can you say? That is absolutely outstanding. The pressure of the bar by. Thank you to Sportsnet. Jack
2: Michaels on the call there on the television broadcast. That was excellent. I mean, what do you say? What do you say you don't? When McDavid has surprised himself, what does a mere mortal like myself say about it? What do you say you sit back and you watch it and you made a good point off air Cody and that is simply that you know to those who are saying well you know maybe pump the brakes don't don't get too excited about this if you're a fan of this Oilers team right now and you're stifling your own excitement about what's going on in front of your own eyes you are robbing yourself you are robbing yourself they have turned the corner you've been waiting for them to turn. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. Follow Oilers now on a great road trip to the city of Seattle to watch the team play the Kraken. The package includes a great game ticket and a welcome reception with Bob and special guests. Plus, see the Seahawks host the 49ers on Sunday night football. Oh, yeah. For the Oilers now Seattle road trip, you can call New West Travel 780-432-7446 or go online to newwesttravel.com. Let's get the injury report. James H. Brown Injury Report. In fact, brought to you by uh, James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. And we know that it's not a great fate for the short term for Devin Shore. Four to six weeks there with the lower body. But what else, Cody?
1: Well, Ryan McLeod's come up in place for Devin Shore there. Mike Smith, he's going to go on this road trip. Still remains day-to-day at this time. For New Jersey, this one broke this morning. Miles Wood, he's going to undergo hip surgery. And he's going to be out indefinitely. I mean, the, the injury happens happened last month in the preseason just a tough start to the season for him and for the Detroit uh, Red Wings Jacob Verana he's out uh, shoulder injury still in the IR. Rugged from Saskatoon says that was
2: the best goal since Eberle's toe drag against the Flames. Okay
1: It kind of has the vibe, and I haven't seen that many comparisons to when Sidney Crosby in 2007 went down against Montreal. I think he scored on David Abisher. Was it It Abisher? I
2: believe so. At that point? I think David it was Abisher. David Abisher. If you've got a David Abisher jersey out there, you are one of a kind. That is spectacular stuff. Uh, listener wants to suggest that maybe the Oilers could be in on Jack Campbell from Toronto. Uh, I am in last year. Wait, in this? I. I don't know that that's excellent English there, but basically could the Oilers end up with Jack Campbell? Uh, Not likely. I don't think (laughs) I really don't. I think that the Leafs have invested a lot. Not, not again, not only in the player, but in the person, if you've watched that uh, all or nothing series, like they love Jack Campbell as, as just a member of the Leafs. And I think that he really likes being there too. So I, I just see that being too logical a fit moving forward. Plus it's not like I get he was a first round talent, but he's not really a goaltender who I think is going to fetch a huge salary by any means. Like, I can see probably. F-
1: four four and a half what do you think probably more than that depending on playoffs again right because yeah. uh what did who open get after his playoff run like four and a half more than he should well yeah that's what i'm saying is that if he doesn't have a good playoffs maybe that's best for the leafs if they can get him at a four million dollars because he is a starting goaltender in the league but i'm not sure he's a five six million dollar guy
2: no i agree if he had proved that over the long term fine if toronto is going to pay that fine uh, but they're going to have to move somebody out. At this point and sorry but if it's not William Nylander I would be blown
1: away I would be blown away if it wasn't but Nylander's the cheapest of the four forwards and he's had the best playoff performances out of the four
2: that makes him very easy to sell relative to Mitch Marner's ten and a half that you're not guaranteed to get anything in the playoffs for or you know, hey, we could we sit here and debate that ad nauseum. Absolutely, we could. Kyle Dubas has a situation in his hands. And Kelly McRibbon, I have all the respect for in the world, of course. I am very interested to see how Vegas is going to handle that situation. But John Shannon had a great point, and that is, you know, you're in a market where you kind of have to be winning and, and have the star power to stay relevant because there's so many distractions. I can't argue with that. That makes perfect sense to me and with the Raiders being there now and their brilliant new stadium and this sort of thing like if Vegas falls to a middle of the pack team yeah how many people are going to keep you know how many Canadian markets like ours that flood that arena every time the Oilers are there how many of those situations are going to help keep that team in the forefront they have to be winning.
1: Uh, I think we're kind of doubting their fan base. I think locally they've done a really good job. Like, this isn't Florida we're talking about.
2: (laughs) Florida is winning, and and yet we're still talking about this. Florida may well end up being... I'll tell you what, if the Eastern Conference Final, like how humorous would it be for Carolina and, and Florida to be the two markets that end up in an Eastern Conference Final? I know Tampa being one thing. Sunrise, Florida is a totally different conversation. So I think it'd be great for the game, you know, get some of that exposure. We had our, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but their beat reporter out of North Carolina, like super educated hockey fan out of that market, but maybe not a market you'd expect that
1: from. Chip Alexander, no Chip shut Alexander. out. Chip Alexander,
2: yeah, absolutely. We'll venture to get him back on the show we will venture to connect with reed wilkins as well get his thoughts on the goal of the game maybe the elks maybe something else i don't know we always kind of just banter on the other side of a global news weather traffic update with eileen bell
1: oilers now with bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on oilers radio six thirty. chad